Thank you so much for tonight. Um, but you know, it's not—it's it's not about um, my jerseys that are hanging up there for me. You know, it's about the jerseys that were hanging up there before. Um, you know, without them, I couldn't be here today. They inspired me to play the game at a high level. Magic, Cap, Shaq pushing me every day. Uh, Baylor, Chamberlain, Goodrich, Wes, Worthy, goes on and on. And, uh, and secondly, it's about this class organization. And uh, Jerry Buss, your father, believing in a skinny old kid from Lower Marion High School in Philadelphia. <laughs> um, and it's also uh, about the next generation. It's about embodying the spirit that exists in those jerseys up there and carrying this organization forward so that the next 20 years are better than the past 20 years. And that's what it's about. It's also about the fans. Fans. Um, the media. Uh, I don't think you guys understand how present you guys were with me. You know, you guys were there with me at 5.30 in the morning when I was running the track and I was midway through my workout. And I didn't know if I could make it through. And I thought about the expectations you guys had, you guys had for me and you had for our team. And it pushed me through. It got me through those 800s and 400s and 100s at 5.30 in the morning. So I thank you. It's about family. It's about my wife, Vanessa. <laughs> you know, you guys don't know this, but the last game, my last game, uh, that we had here against the Utah Jazz, I was really tired. I got home and I was like, you know what? I don't know if I can do this thing. Um, I got one more game left, but I don't have any legs. And she said, I want to show you something. I got a gift for you for your last game. And uh, she proceeded to show me a row of retired jerseys from Baylor, from Magic, from Shaq, from Cap, all with personal messages signed to me, including from Michael Jordan, including from the great Bill Russell, including from the great Larry Bird. And when I saw that, I knew then that I had to turn it up. So thank you, baby, for being an inspiration to me. And, uh, and lastly, our daughters, Natalia, Gianna, and Bianca. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I hope that tonight is not, you know, you guys know that, you know, if you do the work, you work hard enough, dreams come true. You know that, we all know that. But hopefully what you get from tonight is the understanding that um, those times when you get up early and you work hard, those times when you stay up late and you work hard, those times when you don't feel like working, you're too tired, you don't want to push yourself, but you do it anyway. Um, that is actually the dream. That's the dream. It's not the destination, it's the journey. And if you guys, if you guys can understand that, then what you'll see happen is that you won't accomplish your dreams. Your dreams won't come true something greater will. And uh, if you guys can understand that, then I'm doing my job as a father. To say the NBA world is heartbroken today is a colossal understatement. The entire world, even outside the realm of sports and athletics, is mourning the loss of global icon, superstar athlete, and basketball legend Kobe Bryant. Sunday morning, Kobe and eight others, including his 13-year-old daughter Gianna, died tragically in a helicopter crash in the hills near Calabasas in Southern California. They were headed to a travel basketball game. 
While it's hard for millions to stomach the loss of the Black Mamba, the true tragedy falls on the fathers, mothers, and daughters who were abruptly taken from us. Kobe Bryant, 41 years old. Gianna Gigi Bryant, 13 years old. John Altobelli, 56 years old, and his wife Carrie and daughter Alyssa. Sarah and Peyton Chester, mother and daughter. Christina Mauser, a basketball coach and a mother. And Ara Zobayan, a pilot with 20 years of experience, personally requested by Kobe. He would not allow another pilot to fly him and his family. I know none of these people personally, and I only grew up idolizing one. Yet I find myself struggling to process the tragedy that has taken them all. I wish I could have known them, each one, so that I could properly honor them here on this platform that I've been blessed with. Sadly, I can only truly talk about one of them. And while the rest of this tribute will be focused on Kobe and the legacy that he has left behind, know that his passing is on equal ground with the rest. All nine of these men and women deserve to be glorified in the same way Kobe has been and will be throughout our world. Kobe Bryant was my supervillain growing up, who I couldn't stand to root for, but I also couldn't help but admire. Kobe and his Los Angeles Lakers broke my eight-year-old heart in 2002. His number eight was all but forbidden in Sacramento schools, homes, and businesses, and the yellow-purple color combination was a banner of his major market triumph over Sacramento's small market heart. Not even Shaq could hold a torch to Kobe when it would come to the reception by Sacramento crowds. The nickname Black Mamba was fitting not just because of his unmatched competitiveness and lethal fadeaway jump shot, but also because of the venom that passed between him and Sacramento. The man was our Darth Vader, our Voldemort, our Thanos, and we could never seem to defeat him. But hatred is weak and temporary. Respect is far stronger. And while Kobe broke our hearts time and time again, he built our appreciation for his greatness. In his final career game in Sacramento, inside Arco Arena, one of the few buildings that can hold a candle to Staples Center for all-time Kobe performances, fans applauded, cheered, and shared their love, admiration, and appreciation for many long minutes. As one, Sacramento broke down the walls of rivalry to simply thank one of the greatest to ever pick up a basketball. Kobe played in 1,346 career games, scoring 33,643 career points, grabbing 7,047 career rebounds, and dishing out 6,306 career assists. But those are just numbers on a piece of paper. Kobe was an 18-time NBA All-Star, two-time scoring champion, 15-time All-NBA player, four-time MVP, two-time NBA Finals MVP, and five-time NBA champion. But those are just accolades. Kobe Bryant's legacy comes from his Mamba mentality to attack every game, every day, and everything in life with a fearlessness and unrelenting desire to succeed and excel. 
The drive and passion he played with inspired millions around the world, including countless professional athletes in all sports, from today's NBA and WNBA stars to international soccer and tennis icons. Kobe, in his own incredible way, showed the world that anything was possible with the right mindset and the willingness to put the work in. I will never forgive Kobe and his Lakers for preventing the Kings from bringing a championship to Sacramento all those years ago, but I will forever praise the man for his accomplishments, his skill, and his Mamba mentality that has inspired me in my own life and career. I truly cannot fathom the world or the game of basketball without him. He was supposed to be seen sitting courtside at the Staples Center during random Laker games. He was supposed to be seen in gyms during the summertime working with current NBA and future NBA talent. He was supposed to be seen around the world supporting whatever organization, business, or team that captured his attention. He was supposed to be seen on a podium giving an iconic speech as one of the newest entrants into the Basketball Hall of Fame. He was supposed to be seen at high school, UConn, and WNBA games, supporting his daughter Gigi, who shared her father's passion for basketball and determination to achieve greatness at the highest level. He was supposed to be seen at the birthdays, graduations, and weddings of all four of his beautiful daughters. We will never physically see Kobe again, but we will see him inside the current and future athletes, entrepreneurs, and everyone who wants to approach their dreams like he did his for generations to come. To my supervillain, thank you. Thank you for inspiring me, Thank you for giving your all for the game that you loved. Thank you for giving me the memories that I will share with my kids, my grandchildren, and anyone who didn't have the pleasure and privilege of being able to watch you play. You're a legend, and I love you. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season, all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports radio host for over five years now. This is my sixth season covering the Sacramento Kings, both as a radio host and a multimedia journalist and reporter. And it's a little weird today trying to do a a Locked on Kings podcast and specifically talk about the Kings and talk about just basketball itself with, of course, the tragedy that happened uh, over the weekend with the passing of Kobe Bryant in a tragic uh, helicopter accident. I hope you enjoyed that little tribute that I put together to try and honor him and, and get my feelings out there. I tried recording this podcast and just speaking from the heart and and speaking off the top of the head about Kobe, what he meant to me, who he was, and how important he is in in my own life and his legacy uh, in the game of basketball and and all over this planet and what he has meant to so many people. But 
I couldn't do it justice. It wasn't coherent. I was talking in circles, getting emotional. It just was a mess, and it wouldn't have been good uh, to listen to. So I uh, put that together, and I, I really hope you enjoyed it. And I want to start out this podcast asking you to send me uh, your experiences with Kobe, your memories of Kobe Bryant, what he's meant to you, how he has inspired you, uh, anything like that, any Kobe stories that you have to tell, please send them to me. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at MattGeorgeKHDK. Either send them to me publicly or you can direct message me there. Uh, or you can email them to me, mgeorge at saclocalmedia.com. But one thing that we all know about Kobe Bryant, even if we didn't know him personally, was that he loved the game of basketball and he would want the games to continue, the league to continue, and the show to go on even after his passing. So we're going to do our best to uh, make that a uh, reality here, and we'll talk about the Sacramento Kings, their win on Friday over the Chicago Bulls, and then they are in Minnesota to take on the Timberwolves tonight, the first game the Kings have played uh, since Kobe's passing. So I'm sure there will be some emotions, uh, and you'll be able to hear tonight a lot uh, from Kings players. Uh, head coach Luke Walton, who was a teammate of Kobe Bryant at one point in time in his life. Uh, there's probably going to be a lot of emotion in this Kings and Timberwolves game tonight, uh, but hopefully the Sacramento Kings can do what they did in Chicago, and that's get back in the win column. They snapped a six-game losing streak, won their 16th game of the season after defeating the Chicago Bulls, who, by the way, were significantly shorthanded themselves uh, by a final of 98 to 81. It's rare that you see a score uh, that is that low uh, in the NBA today, but the Sacramento Kings did a fantastic job playing with full effort on the defensive end of the floor, uh, and that was the big difference in this game, especially after a Detroit Pistons loss where they didn't look like they gave a damn on the defensive end of the floor. They were allowing uh, their opponents to just blow by them. Nobody was rotating hard and, and trying to uh, defend the rim and block shots at the rim or even contest shots uh, at the rim or on the perimeter. And you can tell that, I don't know if it was head coach Luke Walton, I don't know if it was this coaching staff, maybe it was the players themselves, uh, they recognized how embarrassing that loss was in Detroit, particularly on the defensive end, and they were not going to let that happen for a second straight game. Uh, they held Chicago to 39% shooting from the field, 21% from three-point range, uh, and only allowed the Bulls to get to the line 14 times, which I'm going to throw a party over that stat alone, uh, because we've talked a lot about, and we talked a lot about towards the end of last week how much the Kings have been allowing their opponents to get to the line over that six game losing streak they allowed their opponents to get to the line 29 times a game which is absolutely absurd so to bring that number down to 14 is a huge accomplishment by the Sacramento Kings uh, and hopefully they can build upon that momentum and make that more consistent make all of these adjustments that they made in this Kings victory hopefully they can become more consistent and not just a one hit wonder victory here during the this road trip. But the Kings were taking on a shorthanded Bulls team. Now, the Kings, of course, have been shorthanded themselves for basically this entire season, but they were without Marvin Bagley and Rashawn Holmes in this game. The Chicago Bulls were without Laurie Markinen. We're also without Carter Jr. We're also missing um, Otto Porter Jr. They were missing a lot of talent themselves, and the Kings did a nice job to take advantage of that, unlike how they failed to take advantage of it against the Pistons. The big storyline going into this game was the changes to the starting lineup with Bogdan Bogdanovich starting at the two-guard spot and the Kings moving Buddy Heald to the shooting guard position. 
And if you didn't hear the bonus mini podcast uh, that I posted on Friday, I encourage you to go back and listen to it, although now we have the context of the game being finished. But I hosted Game Night on Sports 1140 KHDK, which is the flagship radio station of the Kings in Sacramento. I hosted their their pregame show, Game Night, and I opened up the show talking about... uh, how I thought that the the move of Bogey into the starting lineup and Buddy Heald to the bench was a fantastic move by uh, by Luke Walton, and that I would hope Buddy Heald would use this as motivation to try and earn that spot back, because he, quite frankly, with the exception of his shooting, uh, has been exposed as a pretty poor all-around player in terms of a bad defender, a bad ball handler, struggles to create his own shot. Uh, that's been made on full display, unfortunately, this season. And despite the fact that he was paid $90-plus million heading into the year, uh, he has not played well enough to, I think, lock down that starting two-guard spot, and the Kings needed to switch something up because they had been playing terribly through their worst stretch of the season by far. So they elect to move Bogey uh, into the starting lineup. Bogey, not as good of a shooter as Buddy, but a better ball handler, a higher basketball IQ. Defense, you could argue, is about the same, although I'd give a little bit of an edge to Bogey just because of his IQ. Um, Bogey just has been or is the better all-around player. And plus, Luke Walton likes to play his two-guard in positions where they're bringing the ball up the floor, and that allows De'Aaron Fox to work off the ball a little bit. Now, this is not all the time. This is every once in a blue moon uh, he'll allow the two guards to take the ball up the floor. Uh, But it gives Fox more freedom uh, being able to cut off the ball uh, and try and get some off-ball screens to get open or get to the basket, get some looks. Just take some of the ball-handling pressure off of De'Aaron Fox having Buddy healed, or sorry, having Bogdan Bogdanovich in the starting lineup. That being said, I was very proud of Buddy Heald in this game. In 22 minutes off the bench, he scored 21 points, went 7 of 12 from the field, 5 of 9 from three-point range, uh, also finished with eight total rebounds uh, and an assist. He looked great, did turn the ball over a couple of times, but I'm not too worried about that. He made the most out of his playing time. Uh, You can tell he took the benching personally. He was out there aggressive. You could see the attack mindset from the very beginning for him, and I hope that that attack mindset plus the solid shooting numbers is something that he can consistently uh, build upon and get back to the level that he was at last season uh, through the remainder of this year. If he's able to do that, he'll earn his starting two-guard spot back without hesitation. He also had a great teammate moment as he made sure to steal the game ball and give it to Kyle Guy, who in the closing minutes of this game hit his first career NBA shot, uh, which was a pretty cool moment to see. So good on Buddy Heald in that sense. Now he did have some quotes that I wasn't too fond of. We know he's opened his mouth and and has said some things that uh, have not been the best for him, have gotten him in a little bit in trouble with his teammates, uh, his coaching staff, and the organization as a whole so far a couple times this season. Uh, In an interview with Jason Jones of The Athletic afterwards, uh, he did also say a couple of things that I wasn't too fond of, but I'm really not going to nitpick that, especially uh, after the, uh, the Kobe Bryant news that went down. It just seems petty and unnecessary. Uh, by the way, speaking of Kobe, Buddy Heald is a massive Kobe Bryant fan, and Buddy has taken inspiration, especially with Kobe Bryant's work ethic, uh, and applied it to his own game uh, and his own way of uh, approaching basketball, uh, and that is very apparent through who he is 
uh, and his actions on and off the floor. So again, I wasn't too pleased by some of the things that he had to say. You can go and see uh, what he said in Jason Jones's article with The Athletic if you want to, but I'm not really going to talk about it in that much detail here. Uh, it's just not necessary for this point and time. De'Aaron Fox also had himself a good bounce-back game. 18 points, got to the free-throw line nine times, hit eight of them, which is great to see. Also finished with six rebounds and seven assists along with three steals. He was very active. Uh, on the other end of the floor, Zach Levine, the Kings did a good job handling him as much as they could. He finished with 21 points, went 8 of 21 from the field and 3 of 9 from three-point range. He recently just scored 41 or 42 points uh, the other night. He is an absolute star, so the Kings being able to uh, give him a bad shooting night and, and focus on him uh, and really take him out of the game, especially with the amount of injuries that the Bulls were dealing with, that's what led uh, to the Bulls only scoring 81 points in this game. Uh, and I brought up Zach Levine because, remember, the Kings almost signed Zach Levine uh, a couple of summers ago. They offered him a, a pretty big deal. Uh, he was a restricted free agent, though. The Bulls matched the offer, and he stayed in Chicago. A lot of fans feel like the Kings dodged a bullet with that, and maybe they did, uh, but I still would have loved to have seen what De'Aaron Fox and Zach Levine could do together. No disrespect to Bogey, no disrespect to Buddy Heald. Zach Levine would immediately become the, the the best shooting guard on this team, and I think he could have been a pretty awesome fit next to Fox. But regardless, he's on the Bulls, Fox is on the Kings, and Fox healed uh, Barnes, Bialica, Bogdanovich. They all scored in double figures to lead the Kings to victory. In his first start in 26 minutes, uh, Bogdan finished with 12 points. Also three rebounds and one assist. Had a rough game shooting. Four of ten from the field, but two of seven from three-point range. I imagine he will be starting tonight against the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think it would be uh, it wouldn't be the best by Walton uh, to only give him one game as a starter and then to take him out. But I'm hoping to see Bogey improve as a starter, and then I'm hoping to see the consistent play of Buddy Heald continue off of the bench. Tonight, the Kings take on the Timberwolves, second meeting between these two teams. The Timberwolves, one of two teams in the West that are actually below the Kings. Kings are 16-29, and 29, the Timberwolves 15-31. and 31. Been a very disappointing season for them as well. But one of their 15 wins came against the Kings on the day after Christmas, December 26th in Sacramento. The Wolves uh, beat the Kings 105-104 to in overtime. Actually, it was double overtime. And remember, that was the strange game where De'Aaron Fox went down two minutes into the game. And then uh, not long after that, in the second half, Marvin Bagley uh, went down with his foot injury. So it was a weird game in that sense. The Kings... Had they had De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley, I'd like to believe uh, that they would have won this game. Unfortunately, both of them went down, and the Wolves were able to escape with the win. The Kings will once again be without Marvin Bagley tonight, and they will also be without Rashawn Holmes, who did play in that December 26 loss to Minnesota. Uh, so the Kings might have a tough task of trying to deal with Carl Anthony Towns. Looking at the rest of this injury report, Alan Crabb and Jake Lehman are both uh, out. Rather, Jake Lehman is out out. Alan Crabb is doubtful tonight with a patella uh, injury for Minnesota. So how the Kings handle Carl Anthony Towns will definitely be interesting uh, to keep an eye out on. But I think this is a very winnable game for the Sacramento Kings. The Wolves have struggled uh, all season long. And if they can continue to build upon the momentum that they uh, started in Chicago, good things are coming for Sacramento. And they'll be able to bring a two-game win streak and some momentum back home with them to the Golden One Center. 
That'll do it for today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. I really hope you enjoyed the game tonight. We'll be back tomorrow to recap this game and a whole lot more as Locked on Kings returns to normal. But still, I would love for you to send me uh, your stories, your thoughts, your feelings, anything about Kobe Bryant, uh, your response to my tribute that I put together for him. Uh, please do that at MattGeorgeKHDK. Email me, mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. I really would appreciate that. Also, if you have the time and you haven't already to leave a review for this podcast, It helps us out a ton Uh, if you go to especially Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts and leave a review there. I think Apple Podcasts is the best and most public way to do it, meaning it will be seen by more people and hopefully will continue to grow this Locked on Kings audience. So if you have a second to leave a review, even if it's some constructive criticism for this podcast, anything is fair game, please take the time to do that. I sincerely would appreciate it. Until tomorrow, my name is Matt George. Enjoy the game tonight. I'll talk to you soon. This has been the Locked on Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And, because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot code SUPER24.